Amen. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Casey. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. You know, I found out something kind of neat this morning in Sunday school. I found out that John, where's John at? Oh, there he is. John uh, just had his uh, 30th uh, anniversary at his job, and his, wife, his mom came up all the way from, his mom, Dorothy, came up all the way from San Bernardino to be with him at their 30th anniversary for his job. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, love it. That is so neat. That is so neat. Love to celebrate things like that. All right, everybody. Well, this morning, we're going to do a continuation from last week. Last week, we're in Colossians 3, and we're going to pick it up right, out, right where we left off in Colossians 3. But uh, so you might, you might be preparing to, to, to turn there in just a minute, but I want to start off with a story I want to tell you that happened back in 2015. There was a man who was an athlete by the name of Julius Yego. He was uh, from Kenya, and he was he was a world he, he he was the gold medal winner at the World Athletic Championship in javelin throwing. Now that's an impressive feat for anyone, but for for especially for Julius because Julius was self-taught. So you ask, well, how did he get his information? How did he learn what to do? Where else? YouTube. <laughs> it's, amazing, it's amazing what you can learn on YouTube. You know, he, learned, he, he would watch the uh, uh, world champions, and he would watch in two in particular that were gold medal winners that were champions in javelin throwing. And, and uh, you know, Kenya was a, a country that was known for its running. Some of you might remember the, in the Olympics, the Kenya runners that, that did such a great job uh, many years ago, but not a lot of other sports. So it was hard to find a, a coach. And uh, CNN interviewed him about his championship and doing it while he was self-taught without a coach. And he said this. He told them, I do not have a coach. My motivation comes from within. Training him without a coach, he said, is not an easy thing. You see, this was not the Olympics, but he was representing his country. And when he won the championship, he did it in the name of his country. Now, for the Christian, for the Christian, you and I should strive to be champions, huh? To be champions for Jesus Christ. And we, just like he represented his country, we represent our Lord Jesus, amen? And we do everything, just like the song we just sang, take the name of Jesus with you, right? We do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just, and we're going to read just in a moment, uh, verse 17 of the verses we're going to read. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of what? The Lord. Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that is our introduction. Let's go ahead and read now from uh, Colossians chapter 3. So if you would, if you're able and willing, if you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. And I'll give you a minute to find that, and you can look up at me when you found it, and I'll know that you're ready. It's also up on the screen, but if you want to go ahead and turn to there, Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to be reading verses 12 to 17. Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Okay? Here's what it says. Therefore, 
as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you might have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. You may be seated. May God's word be blessed. See, as a believer, as a believer, we're to, you're to let the character of Christ be seen in you. See, Yurigo, Yurigo Siego didn't have a coach, so he looked to champions. We have a coach who is our champion. Amen? Amen? Amen. He's our champion. He, we, we, we look to him to learn from him, and more than that, he lives in us. Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So we're to let his character be shown in us. Is Jesus being seen in you? Is he being recognized in you? How are you representing Jesus Christ? To do that properly, we need to Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is in your outline. If you look in the back of your bulletin, you'll see an outline there. We're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? We're going to clothe ourselves with Christ. Put on the uniform to identify what team you're on. How many of you know the NFL started this week? <laughs> All right. Now one person. All right. Uh, my team's, I, I love the 49ers. Any 49ers fans here? All right. I knew something about something I liked about you, Rita. <laughs> 49ers, there we go. <laughs> you know. But whatever team, you know, if you're a, a football team or a fan or any, kind of, any other kind of team fan, the way you identify what team is playing is what? The uniform. They put it on the uniform. You and I have a uniform to put on. We are we're to put on the uniform because we're on a team. You know what team we're on? Amen. Team Jesus. Amen? Amen. Team Jesus, right? We've got to put on, we've got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and let the world know, you know, let the world know. Clothe yourself with Christ. Clothe yourself so that you, you, you're communicating his character and that he's communicating through you. You know, the Bible says it this way. Let, uh, when, you, when you receive the spirit of Christ, you have the mind of Christ. So let Christ speak through you. Let Christ act through you. And yes, even let Christ think through you. Okay? Let the world know what team you're on. You're on the, 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 the team of Jesus Christ. We're looking at three necessities this morning. 
three necessities of your character, three necessities to communicate of putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, to put on the Jesus Christ, first, first and foremost, we're to put on the love of Christ. Put on the love of Christ. If you look at verse 12 in Colossians, it says this. Paul gives a list of all the, the virtues that we just read. Uh, he says, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility and, and all the rest. And then in verse 14, he says this. He says, and over all these things, all these virtues, put on love. Love is above them all. Love unites them all. Love empowers them all. These are all evidences of the spirit of the love of Jesus Christ within us. This is what we're supposed to clothe ourselves with, to show the character of Christ within us. Now, that word compassion, if you look at compassion, that's the first thing that's listed, compassion. It says, clothe yourself with compassion. Now, compassion is a feeling, when it's, as it's written here, a feeling of mercy or compassion to those in need, and more than that, action. Action of mercy and compassion to those in need. All right? It's the same word that's used to describe God the Father in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, when it says, God, who is the, 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 the God of all compassion and the Father of all comfort. It's a characteristic of God that Jesus is calling us to. Compassion. Compassion. Acting with compassion, mercy, and compassion for everyone. Not just your family, not just your friends, everyone, including, yes, even your enemies. Huh? Let's take a look. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Jesus is going to be talking about loving your enemies. And he begins it this way. Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 32. Jesus says this. Let's see, I'll get there. Luke 6, 32. Loving your enemies, so important. He says this. Luke 6, 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Going down to verse 35. But, Love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. Because he is kind. He is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Did you catch that? Be merciful. That word can also be translated as compassionate. Just as your father is merciful. What's he saying? What's Jesus saying? He's saying to, to love your enemies. You know, if you see your enemy in need, help him. Have compassion on him. Act with mercy on him. When you do that, two things are going to happen. Jesus said, number one, your reward is going to be great in heaven. Number two, when you act with mercy and, and, and compassion on your enemy, you're acting most like God. As we just said, as God is kind to the wicked and to the ungrateful. Who might be your enemy? Your enemy might be that person that's mistreating you. 
Your enemy might be that person that's wanting to do you harm. If they're wanting to do you harm, what does Jesus say you're to do to them? Love them. <laughs> Love them. Love them. Don't fight evil with evil. Conquer evil with good. Love your enemy. Love your enemy. Your reward will be great. You see, when you do that, you're, it's a clear expression of the spiritual clothing that you're to wear when you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So put on his love by putting on his compassion. Secondly, put on his love by putting on his humility. Another important virtue. Another important virtue of uh, what Paul says here in Colossians when he lists those virtues back in Colossians 3 is humility. Humility is, in reality, what it means is to have a realization of your deep dependence on God. That your life and your breath, just like Chuck said a minute ago when we had our, gave in our offering, everything we have is dependent upon God. Humility. Jesus gave an example, or gave a lesson, to his award-seeking, some of his award-seeking disciples about the lesson of humility. When they asked him, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You remember? I love, I love the way Jesus responded. I love his answer. He, said, he, turned, he turned their idea of greatness on its head. He took a little child. He called a little child to him. And he says this in Matthew, Matthew 18, 3. He says, unless you become like children, you will never even enter the kingdom of God. And then he said this. Whoever humbles himself like this child will be the greatest. Will be the greatest in the kingdom of God. See, the, the child knows who he's dependent upon. The child looks to those who care for him and those who provide for him. As believers, we are to realize that we are dependent upon God. We look to him to provide for us, to care for us. Having the faith of a child. And what else does that mean? He says, whoever humbles himself. Notice, this is something you can do. You can humble yourself. It's something we can do and we should do. How are we to do it? Romans chapter 12 gives us one, uh, gives us one particular specific way of doing that. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says this. Don't be proud, but associate with the lowly. Associate with those of low position and don't be conceited. In other words, you see someone that's in a lower position than you, don't say, I can't be friends with that person. I can't associate with that person. Be willing, be interested enough to strike up, be willing to strike up a conversation. Get to know the person. Love the person. Why? Because God does. God does. You, you Humble yourself. And if you're having trouble humbling yourself, if you're having trouble lowering yourself to someone that's lower than you, take a second look at your coach, your champion, who though he was in the very nature of God, and he is the very nature of God, made himself nothing. And he took the, he took the, the, the form of a servant and being found in human likeness, he humbled himself unto death, even death on the cross. See, Jesus lowered himself from heaven to earth to show the depth of his love and pay the debt for our sin. Amen? Amen. He paid the debt of our sin to show his humility. 
put on the humility of Jesus Christ as you put on his love, put on his compassion, put on his humility. As you put on his love, you put on the virtues of Christ. And secondly, putting on Jesus Christ is to put on the peace of Christ. The peace of Jesus Christ. Julius Yeager learned to be a champion by watching the best. You and I learn as Christians to live in peace by watching the best, by observing the Prince of Peace. Jesus didn't lash out when he hung on the cross. He didn't lash out at his accusers when he hung on the cross. Jesus didn't lash out at his, his accusers when they belittled him, when they tortured him. Jesus didn't lash out at his accusers. What did he do? He prayed for them. He prayed for them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, these were the people Jesus came for. He came to die for, and thank God he did. Thank God Jesus came to die for sinners. Otherwise, I would be lost for all eternity, and so would you. Jesus came to show us a way of peace. And when you turn to the Savior, when you turn from your sin, you accept him as your Lord. You are cleansed from your sin by the blood of Jesus on the cross. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Now, if you've been forgiven of all your sin, what are you to do? Let's take a look. Colossians chapter 3, we're looking at it. 13, bear with each other, forgive whatever grievance you have, forgive as the Lord forgave you. If you've been forgiven the sin that would have sent you to hell, that would have separated you from God for all eternity, you should be willing to forgive anyone, anything, any sin they might commit against you. Amen? Forgive as you've been forgiven. Look at your coach and learn from your coach. Learn to forgive like Jesus forgave you. Forgive as you have been forgiven and live in peace. That's the forgiveness that brought you peace. Live in peace. Live in harmony. Let his peace lead you and guide you. See, this is a peace that comes from being in God's will and striving to stay in God's will. It's a peace where you want to know a decision and you ask the Lord, uh, you, do I have his peace about this? Do I have your peace about this, Lord? Is, I want to go this direction. Do I have his, is this the way God is leading me to go? Do I have his peace? He's going to lead you by his peace. Live in peace. Live in peace with others. Live in peace. And as far as it depends on you, Romans 12, 18. Live, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with all men. You know, in other words, if you have something to do with maintaining the peace, then maintain the peace. We're peacemakers, amen? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Live in peace. Don't be small-minded. Be bigger than to let grievances and, 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 you know, misunderstandings ruin your friendship. Be bigger than that. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Bear with each other. Look at it again. Bear with each other. Verse 14. Bear with one another. 
You know, be ready to reconcile. If someone irritates you, bite your lip and pray about it. Or you might do something else. You might do something constructive. You might do something that this husband and wife that were married for 60 years did. There's a woman and a man who were married 60 years. And uh, they didn't keep anything from each other. They loved each other deeply. They didn't have any secrets except for one little secret. <laughs> the wife, she had a little shoebox. And she put it up in the closet. And, and uh, she asked her husband, dear, uh, I got something in that shoebox. I don't want you to, I'm going to ask him not to ask me about it. And please don't look inside. <laughs> 60 years. Sixty years, the husband honored her. He honored her request. Well, okay, dear. Yes, dear. <laughs> I've learned to say, yes, yes, dear. <laughs> Until one day, she got so sick, you know, she, she ended up in the hospital. Doctor thought she is, she's not going to make it. So the husband's getting his affairs, getting her affairs in order, putting things in order, and all things comes back to his mind. He had forgot about that box. He said, oh, yeah, the box. So he brought the box down from the closet. He took it down, brought it to the hospital. And uh, he says, dear, uh, do you think maybe now we can look in there? She said, okay, all right, all right, love. So he opens the box. They look inside. And inside that box is two little crocheted dolls. Two little crochet dolls and a roll of money, $95,000. And, and, and the, the husband asked, well, what, is this, what are these little dolls about, love? And she said, well, when we got married, grandmother told me that if we ever get in an argument, I should wor work hard to reconcile. And if we couldn't reconcile, I should bite my lip and crochet a doll. And he got, got kind of touched. He said, oh, my gosh, only two dolls here. It's been 60 years. And we only, we've only had two times we couldn't reconcile. And he said, what about this money? You got $95,000. She said, well, every time I made a little crochet doll, I sold it to the, to the craft gift store for $5. <laughs> do what you have to do. <laughs> do whatever you have to do to maintain the peace. Amen. With God's approval, right? Forgive each other. Live, huh? Live in peace. Not only live in peace, but let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let's look at verse 15, eh? Verse 15. Look at this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. In other words, let it guide you. As I've said before, you know, when you have that peace, that's God. that means you're in God's will. You're striving for it. Your conscience is clear. Your motives are pure. You're wanting Jesus' peace to rule in you. And, and, and let it rule. Let it rule. Like I said before, if you're asking a question, you're seeking his will, ask for his peace. Jesus gives his peace to those that listen to him with an obedient heart. John 14, 27. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, Jesus' peace is a deep and abiding peace. It's like the ocean waters. You know you go in the ocean. You go down from the deep. You go down from the surface. Not far, maybe two dozen feet. 
and the water is peaceful. No matter what's happening on top, no matter if you've got a big storm blowing on top, it's always peaceful down, down deep. And that's the same place we find the peace of Jesus Christ. Amen? Down deep. Deep in your trust for Christ, deep in your faith for Christ, and deep in your relationship with Jesus Christ. My peace I give unto you. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou dost keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. If your mind is stayed on the Lord, if your mind is fixed on the Lord, if your mind is focused on the Lord, God promises you perfect peace. So put on the peace of Christ. As you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only put on the love of Christ, not only put on the peace of Christ, third and finally, put on the word of Jesus Christ. Verse 16 in Colossians 3. It says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm. Let it dwell in you. See, the word of Christ is the word about Christ. And the word about Christ is the word that comes from Christ. Why? Because the word of Christ is the word of God. It says, let it dwell in you. Let it, put it in your heart. When God's word is in your heart, his spirit is upon you to give you power. Let his word dwell in you richly. The word dwell there literally means to live, it literally means to live in, uh, uh, to, to make one's home, to be at home because home is where you live, and if you make room in your heart for the Word of God, that's just what's going to happen. It's going to live inside of you. Do you know the Word of God is alive? Huh? Hebrews 4, 12, the, the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. It penetrates your thought, the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It convicts your thoughts and direct your attitude, and it has the power to transform you as you let it do its work. Because it's alive. Did you know that? The Word of God is alive. When you let it in, let it dwell in you richly. He says, let it dwell in you richly. It's a sword. It cuts like a sword. Not only does it cut like a sword, but Ephesians 6 tells us it is a sword. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit for spiritual battle. You know, John, the apostle, writes in 1 John chapter 2 about spiritual battle. And he, he uses this word for uh, dwell or to live in. And he talks like this. He says it like this. 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. And verse 14, he says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God lives in you. Same word as Paul's using as well. It lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. You see, when the word, when you're filled with his word, you have spiritual dominance over the devil. You have spiritual victory in battle. You have spiritual power for continued strength. Let his word dwell in you. Let it dwell in you richly. When you do that, by putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, putting on his word, you're, you're putting on his thoughts, you're putting on his attitude, you're putting on his victory. 
within your mind. So put on his word not only to let it dwell in you, but look at the rest of that verse. We're on uh, Colossians 3.16. Teach one another. Once you have the word in you, teach one another. Teach and admonish one another in, with all wisdom. What is that telling us? Notice this is not a one-way teaching. This is not one person teaching a bunch of other, uh, uh, several others. It's teaching one another, teaching each other. We should be able to, according to the Bible there, teach and admonish one another in wisdom. In other words, wisely, wisely, wisely. We're teaching each other now. Here's the thing. When you're teaching each other in wisdom, that's fine to teach. There's, some, there's another activity that needs to be going on here. Can you think of what that is? Somebody's got to be. <laughs> somebody's got to be listening, right? That's probably the hardest part right there. <laughs> listening, listening. Now, this word, it says admonish. Admonish one another. That word in the original language is nuthateos in the Greek. It's a combination of two Greek words. Nuth, meaning mind. And the part, second part, theteo, has to do with putting in place. So when you're admonishing, you're literally putting in mind, putting it in place. John, chapter 2, verse 10, uses the same word, theteo, to describe setting a table. Putting food and drink on a table. So when you're admonishing somebody, which means to urge, to warn, and instruct, you're setting the table in their mind. Now, it's up to the listener whether they're going to take it and eat it. Most of you here are old enough to remember the Breakfast of Champions. Huh? God's Word is an all-around meal for champions. You can eat it for breakfast. You can eat it for lunch. You can eat it for dinner. Anytime you want to be a champion for Jesus Christ. A champion for Jesus Christ. So put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you do that, when you put his word in you, you have his thoughts, you have his wisdom. Putting on Christ. Now, Julius Yeagle, he won that gold medal at the World Championship in Beijing, China, by the way. And after he won that championship, he wore the uniform that let the world know who he belonged to. All right? Now, he was a representative of Kenya. You and I, are to wear the uniform. Put on Jesus Christ. Let the world know, amen, who you belong to. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on his love. Be willing to love your enemies and humble yourself like Jesus. Put on his peace. You might even think about taking up crochet. <laughs> but do what you have to do to forgive. To forgive, all right? To forgive and to live in peace. And then third, put on his word. The word of Christ. Let it dwell in you. Let it dwell in you to give you victory, to give you wisdom. Now, Julius Yeago didn't win the world championship just by watching those videos. Now, that helped. It got him to know how you do this. But he won. He won the championship because he had the heart of a champion. He had the heart of a champion. Not only did he have a heart of a champion, but he had a goal. He had a goal. He had a vision and a goal. You know, the, 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 
former great basketball player uh, Julius Irving said this. He said, goals determine where you're going to be. Catch that? Goals determine where you're going to be. So where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Are you going to be a champion for Jesus Christ as an individual, as a church? Are we going to be champions for Christ? That's his goal for us. And he'll lead you to it. If you put on, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, your instructions. We thank you, Lord, that we can put on Jesus and have the mind of Christ and act like Christ. Help us, Lord, to, to remember these things, Lord, and to, to let your word dwell in us and to, to live in peace with others, Lord. And help us, God, to just to love, put on the love. More, more important than anything else, to put on the love of Jesus for all those around us. Thank you, God, for forgiveness of sins that comes through Jesus Christ. And, Lord, just let your spirit abide upon us. Jesus, you said, my peace I give unto you. Let your peace be upon every, every soul, Lord, that's listening to this message right now. Let your peace, from your word and from your spirit, let your peace be upon them, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 This morning, in just a moment, we're going to sing a familiar hymn.